hear me? Is that better? There we go. Are we set now? Yeah. It'd be nice if it was, if, if I could hear you a little more, it would be better. All right. Well, you also got to do is read the questions off the screen. Let All me, right. Well, let me close my door here so I can hear it a little better. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. We hear Jason's, who cares? Right? You hear Jazzy barking. You hear Allison doing the dishes. Uh, now they're saying they can't hear me, but I don't know. Is that true? You can still hear me, right, Jason? I can. Okay. All right. What about everybody else? RC Kevin saying yay, so. It's just so strange because last time I did this, it, the audio was really good. Well, you got a new phone, right? New yeah. uh, iPhone 13, so maybe we just uh, don't have the adjustments. We can. Um, I'm pretty sure I used my headset the last time we did this. Yeah, you did. You did it from your phone last time at home? I think so. Oh, I thought you had it set up on a webcam. So what I was trying to do is just turn on the headphones and make it work, but. And both times when I tested it in the app, everything was fine. Oh. Well, there you go. I could try the app. I could try my headphones again. Yeah, try them out. See what happens. How about that? Now you're cutting out or something, right? Hello, hello, hello. I can hear you, or uh, I can't hear you. You can hear me now. <laughs> I can't hear you at all. Now, that might be an audio setting when you put your headset on, right, Kevin? How about now? Now I can hear you. There you go. All right. Perfect. There we go. Whew, that only took uh, 20 minutes. 23 minutes. Well, it's time to sign off. All right. Well, that was episode 231. We appreciate everybody joining us. Thanks for all the questions. Jason, we'll get to them on the next episode. Fixing all my uh, wrinkled up posters in here of uh, <laughs> stuff that I still haven't set up my office here at home, so I'm still like, it's a little messy in here. Yeah. Is that a, uh, in the background, you got a basketball there in a the frame. Is that a Kobe Bryant? Autographed. Uh, it's actually, it's actually Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, is it really? Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. Um, he, my mom was working in Orlando. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and so we're going way working, back when he was in Orlando. Well, no, I think at this point he was at on the Lakers, or the, actually he was on the Heat, and he was doing a real estate course in Orlando. And he was going in and out of the same building every day. So people started bringing shit in for him to sign. And and he uh, he just told people it had to be a certain basketball and he would sign whatever it was. But it had to be like certain stuff for him to do it. And uh, really had to be a Spalding or, you know, what I mean? it had to be it had to be the right one. 
Oh, so, look, yeah. look at this. Look at this. Bobby says, Bobby says that was from big baby when he slammed into Ernie's kid on the court. <laughs> Remember that controversy? That was big, man. That was national. I mean, yeah, it just did. really kind of, it was kind of world news, really. Yeah. Made it ESPN. And, um, I forget the guy that was ripping on Ernie ripping. Um, was it Wilbon? Oh, Wilburn or Wilbon? Is that what it was? Uh, yeah. Wilbon. He was uh, like, hey, look, you sit courtside. You got to expect, you know, he was just, you know, going nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was big. That was big news. So that's pretty cool. Does it say to Jason from Shaq or is it? Uh, no, I. it's just it's just a simple Shaq. That, that's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> of course, it's not, uh, you know. You know, what's his name? What's his name? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You mean LeBron? <laughs> yeah, yeah, LeBron. Dude. Lakers are horrible. Your Lakers are a mess, dude. They're a mess. It's just too old, and then they got too many guys that want the ball. Yep. Just crazy. Big baby. You know, I haven't seen any photos of, uh, you know, he says... Ernie's son, but I haven't seen him uh, for years. You know, like oh, you used Nick. to see him. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about him in years. Yeah, he hasn't been. I uh, used to play online. Uh, <clears throat> I used to play online with him on the play- PlayStation, and I haven't seen him log on, like you said, years. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's. Uh, Went into upper management. Yeah. yeah, maybe taking over. I'm looking at all my posters here. Working behind the scenes. Wait, what do you got there? Courtside. It's uh, the a scratch off chart of professional basketball arenas. So, what? yeah, I think Allison got me this for one of the holidays. But this is like, um, each one of the. What all each one of the arenas in the NBA look like from the wow. top down? Yeah, what's the scratch off mean? Uh, that part I don't know. My guess is that that means that you can check it off that you've been there. That's my guess. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that's pretty cool. I bumped into this. I think we got this on. Mm-hmm. Oh no, this way. This was when the Magic opened their new building. Oh wow! Some kind of some kind of painting. You know, it was kind of a. Uh, What's it say there? Amway Center. Yeah, opening night, October twenty eighth, two thousand ten. So. Wow. This is heard. already the the arena is already eleven years old. They're gonna be ready yeah. to push it over and build a new one soon. Yeah. They blow it updated. up. Yeah, blow it up. <laughs> blow it up, put a new one. Yeah, it's only a couple. It's only a billion dollars now for a new arena, something like that, right? Yeah, they were talking. Uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was talking about the SoFi Stadium that the Chargers and the Rams play in. And it, okay, I, I forget the exact amount, but it was in the billions. It's the mm-hmm. most expensive stadium, and in, in the NFL, it's the most expensive. 
Yeah, and he was just trying to figure out like how are these things costing like fifty billion dollars to make? You know, mm -hmm. it's just it's insane. Well, I mean, I mean, he sold his company for two hundred and something million, yeah. so he didn't. He didn't obviously question that. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, the ringer to uh, Spotify. Mm -hmm. Man, those guys make out. Yeah, Pretty I mean, fun. he got in early. He worked for the right companies. He had the right contacts and. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, I mean, I love his podcast. I always listen to him, but yeah, um, definitely had connections. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's funny because it's like you know, everybody questions these costs, except for when it's theirs. Yeah, it's funny because it's the latest episode. He's like questioning the cost of these stadiums. Mm -hmm. There you go. There's a there's a good one. How do you sell yeah. a podcast for two hundred million? Yeah, what is all that worth, Bill? <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, I get it. It's, uh, but the, the, the difficult part is how fast these years go by. You know, I think that the original magic building, uh, or they call it the Orlando arena. I think it was built in 88 or 80. Well, about 88, somewhere around there. And I mean, they didn't, you know, they didn't get a super long run out of it. Yeah. Well, the Staples Centers is pretty old now, too, but I remember when it was built, Ernie was telling me, because he was living mm -hmm. out there at the time and going to the Laker games, he said that thing was pretty much trash then. It's yeah, like, I went there. I, I went really there impressive. with him. It looks good on TV, he said, but when you're there, it's not so good. Yeah, it was state-of-the-art uh, when they got it done there. I mean, that was around, I would say, 99, 2000. Yeah. I think it was 99, 2000. It's already 20 years old, dude. Yeah. And uh, I went there with Ernie, actually. Um, he invited me to, to a game. I think I went there for one game. I bought tickets to a game a couple times there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Let me turn on the chat here so I can see that. Oh, that's not really cool. Yeah, I don't know if you can. Um... It's not as nice as it is on the uh, oh, PC. Does it show it off to the right or something? No, it, it, it didn't do that. It's oh. kind of weird. Uh, yeah, so we went. I went there with Ernie, uh, you know, during those days, and I, I mean, I thought it was nice, but I could see, you know, you get so many events. Plus, you're, I mean, you're doubling up with the Clippers using it, and in, in uh, LA, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, I'm sure it's it's uh, taking a beating. Oh, Jason, you didn't comment on my. Uh... Oh, uh, to be honest, I had no idea what that was because oh. you were kind of covering it, and yeah. I'm just like, man, what kind go. of what kind of unique background does he have going here? That's the uh, new like, Jake. Oh, <laughs> Actually, you know what? I went to uh, put air in my tire the other day. I noticed I was missing two of them. So well, there you go. <laughs> I I will need those Jake concepts. Uh, what do you call them? Tire caps. Valve stem covers. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So a, a valve stem cover, I, that was announced today. That was the That's big right. news in the RC. Uh, <laughs> I heard about it. It was trending. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, way up there on Twitter. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we made a list of things we wanted to make uh, about a year ago. Um, and 
we've been kind of working our way down that list of some different accessories for wheel cars and you know it, it's it's a little bit um, it's a little in left field to be in RC and then have some real automobile stuff but you know it's just kind of what I I kind of wanted to do I just thought it'd be neat to have and um, you know it's still not you know that's not a big market for us that's obviously going to be pretty tiny thing um uh, carl saying i remember those dice we used to put on our bicycles i had those too the i had white ones i think kirby's got white those one, on his bike doesn't he red i think because i had a white and red bike so oh, okay. um i don't Mom yeah, we should i'm sure kirby does he's definitely gonna be bugging you for those to put on his uh oh he already rad. has oh okay he already has right. He says right. he needs him for that and his bike. Right. Personally, I'd like uh, to see him on the bike, I think. Yeah. I'll just send him a bunch. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. So uh, so how long was that in testing development? <laughs> I don't know. Did Mayfield test those for like two years? No, I tested them on my truck. Oh. Get good fuel mileage out of those. Oh yeah, more. to just stick, just cut right through the wind. That, I was gonna say because of the way it's designed, it looks like it would cut that wind up. Oh yeah, <laughs> just slice and dice through the air. The other day, I went from seven point two, seventeen point two miles to gallon to a seventeen point three. So there you go. It speaks for itself. I mean, I could have been going downhill <laughs> both ways, but hey. There's no hills in Florida. All right. Um, there is in Claremont, actually. There's a hill. There's hills here. Yeah, that's wow. why. That's why bicycle dudes come here and train because we actually got hills in Florida and they love it here. Try out. They all these athletes come here. Come into my town. Hmm. All right. Uh, we had uh, spoke beads. Yep, I remember those. I didn't have those. I think, think, think girls have those on their bikes. <laughs> Baskets in the front. Yeah, Kirby needs a basket on his mountain bike. I mean, it really makes sense to have a basket <clears throat> in the front of your bike. Remember in Back to the Future? You like, what did he do? He, um, oh, he, he. Well, no, in Back to the Future, he grabbed that kid's. Like it was like a stand-up board, and it had the hand, the bars oh, like on it scooter, for the basket, yeah. and he right. broke it off, and then or something yeah. like that, and then he started riding it like a skateboard. Yeah. Um, Justin Jubert says, "What's up?" Uh, he has no idea what we're saying. I'm at a bar in Tampa. Uh oh, Bigfoot poster. Look at that. Um, man, listen to the audio version of this podcast. Must really be hell. Because nobody knows what's going on. Well, um, that's why you got to. This is gonna be you hard got to good edit at this. that before. You got good before at it. The first half hour, I got to cut because we we're trying to get uh, your audio to work. Uh, Justin says he has, he's at a bar in Tampa Bay. What's he down there watching Brady? Oh, that's right. He's there for the. Um, well, I think he. Um, so what he did is he. Uh, tricked his wife into going. He's he's like, well, hey, look, I'm going to take you on vacation. We're going to go down to Miami. And it just so happens that the Baltimore Ravens are playing the Dolphins Thursday night. 
Okay. And he's a big Ravens fan. So good luck to uh, Dan Marino. Yeah, Marino's playing. Um, you know, who's the other uh, Baltimore Ravens? Uh, so anyway, he um, you know tricked his wife into going on vacation. Then he's like, "Oh hey, we're going to a football game Thursday night, Ravens Dolphins." And uh, he said she wasn't going to be too happy. So so. Um- <laughs> Speaking of football, See, look, I'm not lying to you. <laughs> I know all about it. Speaking, uh, speaking of football, we were at the race over the weekend, and you know Spencer's the big Brady fan, right? And he's been following him to Tampa Bay, and he said he's like shake on it right now. He goes, if Brady goes to the Super Bowl we're going to go, right? And I'm like, well, aren't tickets to the Super Bowl like $5,000? Yeah. That's and he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you're probably looking at 5000 <laughs> ticket. Well, Spencer and should say, hey, if you want to keep me as a driver. Then this would be a good opportunity to renew that contract here. Exactly. Super Bowl weekend. Spencer, you hold all the cards here. So I told him, you know what? I looked at the schedule and I was like, well, you know, our the first race of our indoor national series is traditionally the week uh, after the Super Bowl. So I told him, I said, you know, if that happens, I'll fly in the week early because it's in L.A., and we'll go. I said, I'm not buying your ticket, but we'll go. Oh. Well, he's not going then. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's a tentative plan. So let's mm. see if Brady, what Brady can do. See if he can get there. Eyes on eight. Justin Jubert's saying, uh, we go to Miami tomorrow. If I get up in time, I've had a few. Oh, so, yeah. So he's in trouble. Baltimore Ravens, which was like the old uh, Cleveland Browns, right? What's that? Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah, Cleveland. They Cleveland Browns, right? Justin, if you miss this game, oh, dude, that'd be hilarious. He's not missing it. He's not missing it. No. But yeah, his wife's not going to be happy. Uh, he's saying the bartender here makes him pretty hefty. All right, so he is in trouble. <laughs> uh, Almond yeah. saying, fun facts, most popular vacation stops in the U.S. are within 15 minutes of an RC track. That sounds like a legitimate fact to me. Hmm. I can't think of one that's... That sounds a, scientific. I can't think of a vacation spot near LCRC. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, I mean, we'll think about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is. I think, as a matter of fact, the only one of the very rare vaca- vacation destinations was when that world was in Vegas back in '16. But is Vegas actually a vacation destination? Do you go there for vacation? 
I don't know. I don't think he. Yeah, I mean, I did. But does but, I mean is like is that a place to take your kids? I see no, people do it all the no, time. No, I see people not. do it all the time when I'm there, and I'm like, what? What is this? What I'm like, what do you do with your kids in Vegas? I don't understand. Yeah, it's that's that's a waste. <laughs> I mean, I, you see it all the time when I'm on the flights. When well, I'm I there, have no choice to bring them, but I wouldn't do that. There's Jason Santos, man. I really needed you last week. We had some yeah. uh, vintage questions. Yeah, Jason is here. <clears throat> RC Kevin saying, I think he's saying Vegas is not a relaxing vacation. I don't think so either. It's a lot I think of stress. I think what it is is it's a. Um... Oh, we'll come back to it. I'll think of it. Okay. All right. Circus, oh. circus, Carl saying. Circus, circus. Um, Scott Foy, he said hello, by the way, Jason. Uh, we go out for the, uh, what's that? I, I think that is the, it, it's a horse show. Oh. What? It's a what? I think it's a horse show that he does in Vegas. And uh, people bring all their kids. So he goes to this, and the people bring their kids. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I would never do that, though. It, it's difficult. It's definitely an adult destination, in my opinion. And, but how many times can you go to Disney World? I see those commercials yeah. all the time. It's like the fiftieth anniversary of Disney World. People just love it. They can't get enough of Disney World. I went one I, time, and that was it. That was good enough for me. Yeah, you go to the Wedway People Mover and you do the, you know, the Thunder Mountain and the, um, what's the one with the, that they made the movie? Well, they're all movies now, probably, but where you go through the water. Uh, well, there's Splash Mountain, but I've I've never been on that. Um, what's the movie with Johnny Depp? Oh, man. Is the, where no, where he, where he's like the, is the pirate Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh yeah, well that's in the, Vegas the, too. That 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 ride at, at Disney, uh, but I mean, <clears throat> it's amazing. It, it's absolutely amazing how what? people love it. Love oh, Disney. Disney. Yeah, they I was more it. excited it's, about going to visit Lake Whippoorwill. Well, that was awesome. Me too. <laughs> um. Oh, Bobby brings up a great point here. Vegas is just a place to throw away money and E.T. Atari cartridges the way. That's where they buried the E.T. cartridges in the desert. Well, I, don't, I don't know about that. What is that? So, long. there's actually a, um, they made a movie or a doc about it. You can go on, I think it's on Prime. Okay. Um, so, they designed this E.T. for the Atari 2600. It was an E.T. game. And Atari gave the designer, um, the game designer, like, you know, six to eight weeks to finish it. You know how long a game usually takes. Well, they just gave him this short amount of time, so he just did the best he could. And the game ended up being, like, total crap. Like, just total garbage. <laughs> this is the worst game. It was one of the worst games. I'll, I'll link you on YouTube so you can just check it out briefly. But, okay. Um, so... 
long story short, they were left with all these ET cartridges, I guess, and they buried them in a desert somewhere out there in Vegas. I don't know why they did that because I haven't watched the. I actually haven't watched that yet. <clears throat> I want to see that movie, but <clears throat> I mean documentary. But could you just throw them in one of those uh, grinders like they do for? Yeah, yeah, I forget the reason. <clears throat> when they, you trim trees and you throw them in those like a stump grinder. I don't know, Bobby. Did you see that documentary? It's supposed to be pretty good. He said he owned a cartridge. I did too. I, I was so upset about it. Actually, my brother used to play that all the time. He didn't mind it, but man, I couldn't. It was just trash. Hey, but could you do better in six to eight weeks? No, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I actually felt. I actually listened to an interview with the. I got to figure out what podcast he was on. It was one of the years ago. He was on a podcast talking about it, and I felt kind of bad for the guy because he was under the gun to get the game out at the same time the movie came out. Oh I think, yeah, I think that's what it was, and <sighs> yeah, he he saw the movie. Uh, it was pretty interesting for such a shitty game. Um, oh, Scott Foy said he worked at uh, Disneyland for many years. Okay, he was the Mickey Mouse. What were you? Mickey no, Mouse he did or? he did, he oh. did cool stuff. Oh. He did cool stuff. <laughs> well, no, that's cool. Behind a mascot type thing. Uh, Jason Santos is saying he's been laid up with COVID the last couple weeks. Just came home from the hospital today. Wow. Man, glad you're... Well, get get well soon. Jeez. Yeah. I know I sent him a couple texts, and I figured something was going on. But, uh, yeah, get well soon. Yeah. If he, came, but... if he went home, that's good. Yeah, I guess that's good news. Man. I don't know if that's an excuse to miss the pod, but okay. I'm just kidding there, Jason. Oh. Uh, so Scott is there for a Nash- okay, National Finals Rodeo, NFR. See? So you're right. Okay. Well, you know Scott very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I don't know if we're going to get to the RC questions here yet, but uh, Pete's saying Grand Canyon and the Hoover Dam are easy drives from Vegas. They are. I Well, I went to Hoover Dam. Um, I didn't do the damn tour though. Um, <laughs> did you get any damn bait? I didn't do the damn tour. I think Allison <laughs> did, uh, but I didn't do the Grand Canyon yet. Where do I get some damn bait? Didn't do the Grand Canyon. Well, you saw you see Chevy Chase when he went to the Grand Canyon. He's like, yeah, I've seen go. all the movies. Yep. yep. Vacation. Clark, don't you want to look at the Grand Canyon? He's got his hands around it. Okay, let's go. Let's go. That's how I'd be. Uh, Oh, yeah, I've seen it now. I'm sure it's awesome, but uh, yeah. Those are places to go to, but it's actually not in Vegas, right? So it's like you fly into Vegas. I mean, it's impressive, but. uh, Mm hmm. You know, it's not. You go it's funny how they, it. it's funny how they kind of latched on to Vegas in a way where now it's something that people do. They go there, not that they didn't go to the ever, but it's a big dam. thing to do. It's a big thing to do now. The dam, right? Well, goddamn, they should do a ride in Vegas that 
where you jump like they do in vacation where he jumps the uh the queen family <laughs> truckster and lands they should do a ride where you do something like that yeah a little vacation ride you come out and the kid you go i think i stabbed my brain You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Anne Edna was dead. Will Britton. No, she died. wasn't dead at that point. No, she was alive. Then they put her on top of the car. Yeah. She can't weigh more than 100 my, pounds. It changed my background. <laughs> yeah. If that works out. Will Britton, he's back. There we go. There's the uh, December schedule. November, December. Uh, Scott's saying that uh, your idea there with the vacation uh, ride, that would be badass. Yeah. And then you can drink a cold one on the rock. Yep. Your glasses are falling off. and Yeah. Russ. <laughs> sharing, a beer, sharing a beer with Russ. Yeah. You know, my dad shared a beer with me once. <laughs> don't tell mom yeah yeah that you do the ride you go in the car car jumps you land doors pop open <laughs> pete's saying uh have holiday road playing on the whole ride of course would, yeah damn we got a great idea there that that's the idea. first that's the first vacation you would go on Ah, see that? I see what you did there. Well, Clark, the dog peed on the sandwiches. Yeah, you could, you could do a lot of cool things. <laughs> Christy Brinkley, she could make an appearance. So the uh, new vacation that came out recently, well, that's uh, probably been a couple years now. I actually liked it. Wasn't bad. I think I saw it. Yeah, you went to yeah, the theater okay. to see it. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was. I thought they were gonna. You know, at first I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna ruin this," but it really wasn't that bad. Christine Applegate was in it. Yeah, I mean, it was an all right movie. It wasn't. Well, they didn't like totally like ruin it. Mm-hmm. To me, they didn't. There you go, a mm-hmm. hot blonde in a red Ferrari. Dun 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 dun. dun. Whatever that song was. Um, what else we got here? Should we get to some RC stuff? Yeah, go ahead. Scroll up here. I know we wanted to do an episode. Um, I was talking about it last week, Jason, on the BJ4. Okay. So I don't know if you want to just make that a whole episode because uh, sure there's a lot involved in that. That would be a good episode. All right. So we got to promise that to, uh, I forget his name, send us a message about it. He wanted us to do a pod on it. Okay. Oh, Siri's going off. Um, 
All right, so let's go here. RC Kevin. He says, what region did, did you find had the biggest RC boom? Ever? I don't know. Kevin, ever? <laughs> I mean, you, you got to think California was the biggest. Uh, but I think but I think even but I think at this point it's not anymore. If I just had to guess, uh, everybody's leaving California. I don't know the numbers on, but when you know when you had associated from Southern California and they had some of these uh, real special tracks, and a lot of companies were from Southern California, and. I would say that was probably the, that was the first big RC boom was in that area, and it's everywhere now. There's RC everywhere, so Florida's got to be like the hot spot now. I don't think it's the hot spot. You guys seem like you have tracks like in every direction down there. We have tracks down here, quite a few of them, but I don't. I wouldn't say it's the hot spot, but we do well. I. It's really hard to say what the hot spot is. I think we could probably go to the live RC statistics that they get, but where, of course where, that's only like where have you been recently where you're like, oh hey, this is really getting you know it's growing here. Where at one time it was kind of like, eh. there's there's a, a lot of places like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were just in Minnesota. And, you know, we were uh, an hour and a half from Minneapolis and they have a pretty good um, racing program and kind of vibe going on there. You know, there's people, you know, they're and it has a lot to do with available tracks and what uh, what they're offering. But it's surprising. It's surprising what what can happen in a short amount of time if you have a nice track and you have some promotion going on. But yeah, I think they did well. That's surprising, uh, you know, how far away from the big city uh, that is. And it's not like it's not a super small, but um, there's a lot of them. You know, we were just in. Brookfield, Wisconsin, which isn't that far from the Milwaukee airport uh, for that team associated race. I mean, they had 330 entries. I mean, that race has been going on a while now, but um, they have a good, a good racer base there. Racer base. You're a poet. Didn't know it. Yeah. Bill Collins says, uh, Jason, it was nice meeting you over the weekend at trackside. Yeah, it was, it was a great race. People love that track. Uh, Something about the surface, uh, the way they prepped it and painted it, paint the infields. Nice, uh, nice white. Love that. What was it? White? What's that? What color were you in? Uh, it's yellow pipe. What color did they paint them? Let me try to plug my phone back in again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to lose you. How about it? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, the the track there, people just love it. And to me, it's a little on the small side, but I think that is ideal for ten scale. It's mm. it's easy to 
change tracks, layouts. It's easy to fit in a building. And it doesn't have to be gigantic to have good racing on. And that's that track proves it. Smack track. It's the other one in Minnesota, or, uh, Missouri. They prove it. A lot of these tracks, they don't have to be gigantic to have good racing. And that's one of them. And we were doing qualifiers at eight cars. It was totally fine. Yeah, no traffic cool. issues. They went to 10 in the mains, and it, it wasn't a big deal. You know, trying to pass somebody is never easy. It's not easy anywhere. But people make it happen. Nice to meet you, Bill. Uh, Scott's saying, um, I would say 8-scale is getting bigger out here in SoCal. Yeah, I'd say that's probably true more available tracks there's the the indoor tracks are disappearing that used to be the staple of being in california is they had indoor tracks and now it's mostly outdoor hmm. man where are they find land out there to do that i think it'd be pretty yeah, expensive I think, I think they're getting some of these uh, parks and things like that it's helping out the fairgrounds oh gotcha uh, the other thing about 8-scale is you can just beat the heck out of the cars, and uh, they're probably a little easier for people getting into it if they can. There's two, it's two issues. 10-scale cars, I think, are more affordable. It's easier to get into it, but they're a little harder to drive, and the surfaces are kind of finicky, and so are the cars. <clears throat> In 8-scale, once you get the, the price of the car off the table and get one... <clears throat> You know, they're durable, you can hammer on them, and you can do these outdoor tracks where uh, people seem to like that. So, but, you know, everywhere we go, the, we have gigantic turnouts. They just had in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I mean, another area that you wouldn't really think of. Yeah. Um, they had a terrific race there, the Masters of Dirt. And they had 300-something entries there. We had 240 in, in Minnesota. So on one weekend, we we were racing on the same weekend. They had the Masters in South Carolina, and then they had the RJ Concepts race in Minnesota. And on the same weekend, we had 240 in one location, 300 in another. And uh, there was other races, too. It was just there's a lot of racing going on yeah. if you – if you want to find it. Uh, Scott's saying he thinks carpet is the future of 10 scale off-road. It might be. I mean, I've talked about that several times on here that the way the cars are designed, it, it does make sense that they, that it could be, um, you know, Mayfield flat out says it. He just says he thinks it's going to be 10 scale. You run on carpet and really? eight scale. You run in the dirt. That's what he thinks. That's what he's like. I don't know why we're, he's like, we're putting it off long, but that's what's going to happen. Wow. That's basically what he thinks. Okay. Uh, Pete's asking, uh, what carpet tires work best without saucing? Well, we didn't sauce in Minnesota. Um, we weren't saucing at beach line. Um, we just worked twin. We ran twin pins was our control tire swagger fronts, Minnesota. We'll probably run fuzz bites at beach line. And 
Yeah, you don't have to sauce on any, you know, any of the carpet races. I've never sauced any carpet tires um, at any track I've been to. I know Paul has tried it and done it at Beach Line on some practice days. I know uh, Brock and the guys have tried it and tested it at 702. The only thing they say is that you can make tires traditionally last a little longer by saucing. So let's just say, for instance, you get five runs, five great runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can extend it by saucing them later. So you, you could get to five or, and then you could go a little further than that, but I don't like saucing anything. I, I just, you have to do it at these dirt tracks, dirt races, but I, I think that's one of the things that we should eliminate in RC. It's hard to do it, but then I don't think there's any reason to do it <clears throat> in carpet. I think you can run carpet without saucing, and we should try to keep that out. So Pete was saying that uh, there's a new off-road track coming to Houston, and mm-hmm. they will not allow saucing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why they should. Um, Scott's saying I think the tracks are easier to change, and the environment is cleaner. Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. I mean, when you go to dirt tracks and ones in the past, especially ones we've had on the East Coast because of our orange-red dirt, the indoor, these tracks are just a mess. Um, it's hard to make them clean. The walls, the ceiling that, that gets in the hobby shop, um, that, that dirt, it just really ruins your storefront trying to keep it out of there. And that's a nice thing about carpet is it does stay clean. If you ever have to get out of that building or move or whatever the case may be, it's cleaner for the, the landlord owner. Um, and you're not destroying the building. I can't imagine some of these buildings that RC tracks have been in and then try to use it for something else. It's got to be a tremendous cleaning or they just don't care and they just move right in. But yeah. The tracks are easier to change, but it is expensive. I mean, uh, Minnesota told me that they're on their third year now with their carpet, uh, CRC carpet. Mm-hmm. So, And they're ready for new carpet. And I think Robbie at Beach Line, I think he's on his, well, this is one year. You know, he put in new stuff for the most part last year, and he's running it a year. And um, I, I still haven't really figured out necessarily for well for off-road why we need black crc carpet for off-road i think that we could use the cheaper stuff um like the office depot the gray little taller um Uh, you think it'll hold up yeah it does uh they use it and and i think it's less expensive too so you can Mm. change it more often if you wanted nice um that's what they use at some of the places but yeah, and uh, as Scott's saying, easier to convince the landlord that, yeah, that's 100%. I mean, you go in there with these dirt tracks. Uh, if you tell them you're putting dirt in there, they might be like, woo. Uh, what? <clears throat> Scotty was just explaining to me over the weekend what he did when he got that building where the trackside track is. Um, um, he rented that. He said it was – he said it was um, – like a day or two after September 11th, 2001 is when he moved in there. He was putting up the pegboard uh, for the hooks 
um, like a day or two after 9-11. And he said that they had the jackhammer. It was an old, they they had tile in there or something. Like it was like a tile warehouse or like a, a store where you buy tile. Yeah. And they had it like there was parts in the, the main area where there was like three or four uh, layers of tile from them tiling over the top of tile. And they had to go in there with a jackhammer. He's like, I'm in here. He's like, I'm literally, he's showing me, he's like standing right where it was. And he's like, I'm jackhammering right here through multiple layers of tile. And I'm just thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, yeah. um, they got it done and people loved the place, but yeah, the building was built in 1964. Somebody was telling me wow. and, but it's, it's works great <laughs> for what they're doing there. Um, See, I had more up here somewhere. So do you think, uh, is no prep drag racing already done? What's going on there? I don't think that it's done, but I think that it's probably, I think that it's probably peaked. Um, I, I think that it's probably has reached the peak of its interest. Um, and I hope that we can hold on to a good bit of it, of the activity that we have, but it was climbing so quick and so fast last year. Yeah. And it was just at a, such a blather people into it that, uh, it, it moved quickly and I don't think that it's done, but I think it's going to. It's kind of on. It's kind of reached the peak, and I think it's it's going to wow. change a little bit. And, and there's many reasons, but because um, there's two sides to it. There's the bashing side to it that you just want to go fast and just have fun and play around in your front yard. Um, and then there's the hardcore end of it, where the guys are doing everything possible. Uh, the the actual racing side of it. <clears throat> so now there's an associated car. There's a TLR car out there. There is a Traxxas vehicle. That's uh, so three dedicated um, RTRs. They're they're RTRs. Um, but the cars that people really race with now, they're really only using the suspension of a, of like a B6 hmm. for a race car. Um, and there's other cars like the one I just got from, uh, five, seven designs when I was up there at the race in Wisconsin. <clears throat> I mean, it's a 100%, um, carbon aluminum Delrin, uh, car and it looks badass, mm. but uh, you know, it's ultimately it would be, a, it would make a little more sense for the class to be, you know, if you want to have a, a molded suspension and some type of a, you know, it doesn't matter if it's mid-motor, but some type of a little bit budget-friendly, competitive race car, 
that's what you need for it to continue. You know, if, if you b- build these cars and you got, I don't know, we'll see. I'm just, I, I have a feeling that it has peaked. I don't think it's going to go away, but I have a feeling that the, the, the rocket like acceleration is, has peaked a little bit. Hmm. Um, let's see here. What's this? Uh, Key and White. Key and White's joined in the chat. He said he saw a guy charging twenty five hundred for a sub two second car. For a second car, it's crazy. Yeah, twenty five hundred. But I mean, yeah, you know, but that's an eight scale buggy. That's the same price as basically of an eight scale buggy. But yeah, it's expensive. Uh, It's really expensive, and it just doesn't need to be really. Um. All right. Scott's saying, "Do you see it like short course?" Well, maybe a little. Uh, short course had a long life, though. I mean, right now, if I mean, you don't want to, you know, you know, not we're not burying drag racing or whatever, but let's just say that it has peaked. Um, in terms of the, you know, this wildness that it had, um, you know, short course enjoyed five or six years um, yeah. of amazing success. And, you know, this might, you know, I mean, we're really only, you know, we've been doing it about four and a half, uh, four and a half years with bodies and stuff, but it was really just, it really exploded during COVID in terms of people turning it into a, a little more complicated version of itself. So what a uh, drag. Yeah, that that's drag. right. I mean, are we going to get five to 10 years out of like a, you know, the short course popularity? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to, I mean, I still think we're going to sell more short course trucks and kits over a 10 year span than we are going to sell drag racing cars over a 10 year span. So what was, um, so drag racing had to be early two thousands. I remember Trinity was getting into drag racing and we even had a guy that was like the pro at drag racing that lived in the Jersey area. He would come to Trinity, bring Mm -hmm. his drag, car and everything and they would just go over stuff but um so it was big then right like early two, and then it died off sometimes it's it's been it's been what's been around forever it's been around but like it's it's yeah i i have some you know there's been stuff from the you know people have been doing it from the 80s the 90s the 2000s to now what changed was the car this this car this street eliminator that we was what we called it uh you know we got into it with um jd crow a driver of ours in uh you know i think he's around arkansas oklahoma area and he he said we needed to take a look at this. Um, it was a short course base chassis 
was the whole idea. It's based on a short course. And the bodies have to fit over this big chassis. You know, and of course we've had all these pro mod uh, uh, drag cars for years, top fuel, and we've had all this stuff. But we've never had the short course class that was based off of the short course chassis. And it was, and it, and it started gaining speed once we started adding some bodies to it, then the wheels and the tires, because it was easy to take your short course, turn it into this drag car, change the body, and you had a fun looking car and you could go out and, and, uh, mess around with it and, and see if you could get any better. And then COVID hit and, uh, it was a great, do something by yourself or not in large groups. It was perfect. It allowed people to build and tweet. It was the perfect storm for it because people had a new, a new passion. They could say, Oh man, I can take this. I can build this. I can do this." you know, and people, that's what they did. And, um, and during that time associated was fortunate that they had released their DR 10 and that was the RTR drag car that they had and it was the perfect uh the right place at the right time people were buying all that stuff like mad and of course they buy it and they just want to change it into something different but you know so you know we went you know aj who was with us at the time you know he went through the whole process got the dr10 got all the you know then he's been through different chassis and all this stuff and it's happened quick, but you know, there are a ton of other drag racing classes and there's speed run cars. Um, so there's a lot of different little classes and segments in this drag and speed run category. <clears throat> but this one that people were really attracted to during this time has been the ones that look like the cars on TV, like street out street outlaws. And, um, you know, people were attracted to 60s, 70s models, 80 model uh, cars for it. And that was where it started. And and it progressed really quickly to the point where, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, I got to have a special body now. And then it's like special chassis yeah. um, and the, the, the tires and the wheels and um, to the point where you know, speed controls and motors and, I mean, batteries. And, I mean, the amount of things that have been thrown against the wall in drag racing, I would say, is probably more than any class that I've ever seen in a in a two-and-a-half-year period. I've never seen so many things getting thrown against the wall for drag racing in a two, two-and-a-half-year period than we've ever seen in anything. But to me, we have cars that what was attractive about this was it both based on a short course. Uh, Relatively speaking, you could use a short course rear wheel. You could use basically a two-wheel drive buggy front wheel Mm -hmm. size. Um, There was some standardization kind of going on with the whole thing. And it was... Relatively easy and inexpensive, especially if you already had a short course or you got, but 
but we and but what it's turned into is really the classes that already exist um, that are really based off of direct drive foam tires uh, the stuff that probably the guy that was when he was coming into Trinity and talking that's all the stuff they had in the the 90s and and um, they do today but to me uh, if we're going to progress this class that far we might as well run the old classes because it's it's actually easier because they you know they run uh, you know a, a different chassis they run foam tires it's probably actually easier and faster um, what this has turned into is almost the most difficult of all worlds rubber tires speed controls batteries motors a lot of sensitivity with heat and uh, so uh, We've kind of reached a point where things are slowing down a little in the rapidness of the, the development, that two, two-and-a-half-year cycle that I talked about. That was probably the quickest ever, but um, we're slowing down a little bit, but it's still there. Mm. Pro stock? I think it's a pro stock car. That's what they call the ones that I, I think you should just, if you're going this far with your... Um, uh, pro mod or you know street outlaw car outlaw whatever um, just run those cars just run the pro stock it's easier Nick's saying uh, need cheaper starter spec classes like stock slash yeah I mean that they have that I mean you can use the associated car you can use the the Traxxas car, you can use the associate or the, the low C, but those guys are kind of being laughed off right now that have that start and come in with those cars because it's so advanced now if you're trying to race. Now, if you're just trying to bash and have fun in, in front of the house, they'll be those cars are perfect for that. That's they're selling for that. But if you try to go sh racing on at you know a, pr um, a controlled environment event. Uh, on lights, you're, you know, they, they laugh you out if you have that kind of car. Oh, that's not nice. No. <laughs> I mean, they have their own class, right? They don't? What? Like, don't you have your own class? You show up with this car that, you know, the spec. Yeah, there are. They, they're, they're, they're inventing more and more classes as time goes on. It was, at first, it was one. You know, then there's two or three, and there's thirteen five, and it, it it's it kind of goes through a mess. So what Nick is saying, they need these spec classes. So there, there's no spec class right now where you can just be like, hey, I there's a, there is some. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what's strange is Nick DeVito. What's strange Nick DeVito. is I don't think there is popular. <laughs> <laughs> Love That's that name. the strange part. Really? They're not as popular? I don't think so. Okay. Because once you get in and you get hooked, that mm -hmm. type of car is no longer acceptable. You want the full-on, you want the right. full Was glamour like car. In RC? It, it is. It is like that. So it's a very edgy sword uh, that, that you're on with this and how to keep people coming into it, being interested, 
and then getting what you would call a refined race car. Um, that's kind of the, the process I think that you want to, you kind of hope that there is, but it's happened so fast, uh, in this. And I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to it. I, I personally think that it's peaked. I think it's going to be around for quite a while still, but in a different, it's going to be slightly different than when it started. And it might not be as commercially successful as it was for this, you know, this, um, you know, last two and a half, three years. Yeah, Scott. But that's saying, just a prediction. That's just a prediction. Well, I don't know. Hey, you're in the know, though. Uh, Scott's saying the spec stuff has played out. People ask for it, and many manufacturers have tried in every class, and the class dies just as fast as it sets in. Yeah, there, there's a lot of truth to that. It, um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a lot bigger discussion, but yeah, this is yeah. like the BJ4 topic. Um, they did road, and Scott's saying they did road racing that way with Trinity and Losi. <laughs> did with the double X. Um, man, people just want to talk about this. Scroll through. Nick is saying, what would you suggest as a stepping stone then? For drag racing? Yeah. Well, I think um, I, I think that there's going to have to be enough people involved where the thing like chassis and these items in the business can kind of uh, settle a little bit. To me, the reason that there is some success in longevity and success in 10 scale and eight scale off-road is because um, there's some stability in the classes and the equipment and the products to where um, things are a little more um, easy to figure out, I think. And you can buy a kit like an associate car or a TLR car or uh, whatever kind of kit you want, and you, and it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, I think the I think the drag cars are going to have to look potentially they're going a kit is going to have to look between a DR10 and the like the high end car that I just got um, when I was up at the race. I was um, fortunate enough to get one of the latest, greatest drag cars, um, which is the Apollo, the five, seven design Apollo car. I got one of those. And I think ideally what you're going to end up with is something between a DR 10 and between this kind of Apollo car where the prices we're going to, it's not going to quite be a DR 10. It's not going to quite be the, so the price point is going to get into the middle and the cars are going to be a little more stabilized in design and in price and in uh, effort level. And then we can start going to work a little bit on the classing. And maybe there's going to be an outright expert level or and maybe like a you know beginner novice level 
that would be the step. But I kind of picture them using the same kind of cars like we do in off-road. Everybody has a very similar looking and style of car, but the classes might be a little different depending on your experience level or um, something to that nature. I don't like doing any of these classes by power. You know, they separate a lot of classes by power, and especially in 10 scale for some reason, and electric motors where we have 17.5 and 13.5 and modified and all this stuff, and I don't really <laughs> like that because to me it makes it harder. They're the most popular classes too, 17.5 yeah. and 13.5, but to me they're the most difficult because you have to have technical inspection, legalized products, and all this stuff is such a uh, so important. Um, but in uh, in modified, especially in ten scale off road, or in eight scale where you can buy however much power you want, you can only control so much power. So now there's no need for all, you know all these. Um, you know, all this technical inspection and all this stuff, because you can, you can only drive the car as fast as it'll go on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not limited by the power anymore. So if I had my way, I would, everybody would have as much power as they wanted. And you, you tuned it to what your driving ability was. And as you got better as a driver, you would add more power and then round and round we go. And if you want to separate by skill level, you know, you got the pros and you got the Joes and you get whatever, you know, if you want to separate by, if you want to separate by skill level, that's fine. But to me, the whole pa- separating by power just doesn't make a lot of sense because, um, it gets too complicated. It leaves the door open for all these rule problems. Um, and I just think that the, the answer is, is if all the cars or you could put whatever kind of power you want in it. Now you're back to tuning it to the way that, so you can drive it the best. And all these, uh, 17, five and 13, five and all this stuff to me, that's just, um, it just makes everything more complicated than it doesn't need to be. And so if we could go, you know, like the system we have right now, which is decent, which is, you know, we have two wheel modified, we have 13.5 and 17.5. It's a, it's a good system, but I think that we have too many good drivers racing in the 17.5 and 13.5 that should race mod. If we could get, the, if we could take the cream of the crop out of stock, 25, let's say it's 20% of the, the crowd and put them in the modified, I think the thing would be correct. Um, I think the balance would be correct. But uh, the other thing you could do is, is you, you know, in Nitro, they all have the same power and they separate by skill level. So it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pro, I'm an intermediate, I'm a sportsman, so I'm, a 40, I'm a 40 plus, right? So they got three or four designations. Oh, yeah, Nitro, I'm supposed to you about finishing third and 40 plus. Don't let me forget about that. Okay. All right, anyway, good. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, they have three or four classes in eight scale, and they all have the same power. Nobody cries that they can't drive the car, right? Uh, in Nitro, nobody says, I got too much power, and I can't drive it. Right. And um, Which, when I drive the car in eight scale, it has too much power. Yeah. But, but nobody cries about that at the races. But 
if for some reason when we race 10 scale and we're racing modified, they'll say, well, I can't drive a modified car. They're too fast. It's like, well, nobody says that in eight scale. <laughs> in eight scale, everybody, you know, has the same power and nobody comes off and says, I can't drive it. It has too much power. So there's a lot of excuse making, I think, in 10 scale uh, relative to that. I think if we just all went to the same power across the board, it would simplify the thing. And if you want to separate it then and get into the skill level uh, side of things where they do it like they do in 8 scale, that's fine. I think you could tweak that formula a little bit to where there isn't people creeping into other classes that don't need to be in there. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you took right now the last two races we were at, um, well, last three races we were at, if you probably took the top 20, you know, say how, say if you had, well, say for instance, you had a hundred guys sign up for 17.5 buggy and you took, um, you know, but 10 would be 10%, 20 would be 20%. If you took the top 10 or 20% out of that class and they went to mod, the thing would be, the, it would be about right. Um, so if we could get that uh, formula squared away, um, and then I think what I could see with the drag racing is if everybody's running pretty much the same chassis, um, and it's separated two or three ways out on the track. I could see that kind of working a little more long-term. Uh, just standardizing it a little bit more so that it isn't so Wild West, uh, Wild West shootout. Uh, Scott's saying, no spec. It seems to trap the kids in stock and never drive mod. Yeah. Uh, well, what's, what's happening is the incentive... It's um, there's a lot of drivers that there's a lot of incentive for them to race 17.5 longer because they can win, and um, so there's a little more incentive there for guys to to do that. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you could, if we could just scrape the top 10 to 20 percent off the 17.5 classes or 13.5 and put them right into mod, the balance would be about right. Um, man, I never thought we'd be doing drag racing the whole show here. Uh, Joshua was saying, I like Gotti. Used to joke with him back on forth on Facebook for years. Now I can't see him anymore. I must have got blocked years ago. Years ago. So I'm I, what I'm guessing here is you were friends with me on my old account. The Gotti Jr. account that got kicked out of Facebook completely. Because you're not allowed to use nicknames anymore. So I had to create a new account. And uh, I will look you up here. And I'll send you a friend request. How do you like that, Joshua? No hard feelings. Perfect. <clears throat> um, where was I now? You got anything else in here besides... Uh, Oh, Jesse Hernandez is saying, uh, what are you guys going to do with the Apollo chassis, Jason? Well, um, you touched on it a little we, bit there, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I met Chris Sanchez there at the race, and he he happened to um, offer us another Apollo, um, which was nice. Uh, he built it up there for us, a uh, lot of motivation. He got it built, and, you know, he explained some things that I had seen and, and realized in the past with a lot of these um, of the top chassis that are being run now that, you know, they don't have caster in the front end uh, for the most part. You know, the the chassis flat. They don't have as much kick up. Um, you know, so what happens when you don't have a lot of that is uh, when you have kick up, the wheelbase changes uh, throughout the suspension cycle. And there's some things that we could, some tweaks we can do to a few of our bodies to help the cars that have less kick up in the front end because uh, the tire travels to a different place. And there's some things that we can do with that chassis. So uh, we're going to put our latest stuff on it. Uh, we're going to get our, uh, you know, our latest um, bodies um, kind of tuned to this style chassis. I guess we'll say we're not going to make we don't have to make gigantic moves, but make some little moves so that it fits this stuff a little better. Uh, more more people are using these style of vehicles uh, in the hardcore scene, so we need to, um, you know, I like I explained to people we were at the race over the weekend, and there's two sides to this whole thing. There's the hardcore um, side by side racing side of it, where uh, people are reaching for um, the variety is starting to, uh, leave the body scene, uh, because there, it's all more about performance. It's going a little more touring car or something of that nature. And, and then there's the other side of it, which is, I call drag bashing guys that just want to build, look cool, go out, you know, have fun with it. Uh, you know, that's, that's why there's a discrepancy in widths of our bodies. You know, we, we started narrow, we went wide because we fought, thought for a while that, Hey, these guys might be using these bodies on full width short courses. We made them wider. Then we went, um, narrower again for more of the, um, the, the drag racing, uh, inspired chassis. Uh, so we've been everywhere with it and, you know, there's people that think that um, we don't know what we're doing. And, you know, but we've been in this longer than anybody. We've seen it go through all these cycles. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, follow um, where the people are. You know, at one point we, we, we had to take a shot in the dark on the, the width and the, the length and all this type of thing. Then we went wide because we thought it needed to fit a more wider range of platform. And then we started, you know, narrowing back up as more vehicles came out, like the associated and the TLR and the, the Traxxas. And, and these were, and we had the opportunity to use some of our licensing Ford, Chevrolet, all these kind of things. We wanted to make bodies like that, uh, that looked like the real cars. And, you know, then the, the bodies took on a whole nother, uh, level and, and then that's the, the chassis started changing. And so now we're, we're starting to design bodies around chassis and, uh, like, you know, like the Apollo. So I think, uh, and there's many out there, um, uh, like it. 
and I, I assume there's going to be more, even more in the future, but you know, we're going to get this built up, uh, put our latest stuff on it <clears throat> and, um, make any changes necessary that makes it work well with that style, uh, chassis setup. <clears throat> um, so Joshua was asking uh, for me, uh, did you get per- time out permanently? Yep. Do not allow nicknames. <laughs> so I gave them all the proof that I used the nickname, but they still. So they I lost. Care. Yeah, I had a lot of friends on there. And um, so Joshua, like, I just forget who was on there and I didn't, uh, you know, add people. I just like. Yeah, it's not like you went back and knew a thousand of your friends and you're like, dum, dum, dum. Yeah, it was just like, well, you know, I'll just hit a few here and get going. Ones could find me. Um, Carl's saying, uh, enough with the drag. Let's get something going body wise for the 5T and the 5B platforms. Yeah, Carl's been hitting me up pretty hard. He's a uh, hardcore fifth scale guy. And the difficult part with uh, a body for anything fifth scale is the size. You know, we're set up mainly for 10th and 8th scale, uh, the drag racing. And to go larger than that, um, you know, usually if people ask me, you know, what does a body mold cost or what does it take? And, you know, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, to – not that it can't be done, but to get into the 5th scale, especially a 5T range, you know, what we'll, we'll we figure is – any of these new bodies, any new, any body that comes out, you know, we're, we're putting it as a $10,000 plus project. And, and that's kind of the bare bones. If you really had to figure a lot of different things into it, it'd probably be more expensive, but you get into fifth scale, we're probably talking about something that's 50 or $60,000 project. Um, by the time you're, um, planning, working on it, mold building, um, making an actual product. Um, and, um, and then you're talking about bolt-on panels, especially for a 5T. And, yeah. and it's just a big <laughs> undertaking. And I don't think we're – it's not that we're not ready for that. It's that it hasn't made it to the top of the list. We have so – you know, with this uh, – with drag racing being as popular as it has the last couple of years, um, the monster trucks, <clears throat> the monster trucks doing well. It's just a segment that we're in and then off-road racing. Um, it's hard for us to fit a project like that in, especially at that cost of what we could be using, um, that kind of cost for. Um, Scott's saying even the drag racing bodies are hard to paint and other painters I know won't even paint them. It's a lot of paint. It's a big body, a uh, lot of paint. And drag racing bodies? Yeah, it's, they're it's big. And... Well, yeah, but they're, but they use a lot of paint too. You know, so, uh, I think probably. Seems like it'd be something easy to paint. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think masking out the design in there is probably 
it's probably easier than doing it in like inside of a buggy body, but I'm not a painter. Um, but it's a lot of paint. I know that. All right. Kyle Predmore. He's here. He's always here. Uh, Almond saying, uh, what's the trophy slash award slash trinket you treasure the most and why? (laughs) You know, my answer. Uh, P main trophy. That's it. Joel Johnson got me that. I think the one I shared on my story, I think it was this morning or last night, was my 93 Reedy Race trophy. I think that um, for me, I think that was like the first time that I realized that maybe I could do this at a little bit of a different level. You know, before I went to that event and I was, I mean, really I'd only been racing two years, but, uh, you know, uh, organized competitive RC, but, you know, you never really know what level that you could do it at or to. But when I ran that race at the Reedy race in 93 and I was able to get, on the podium in the two wheel class in the open division. Uh, I think that was a big thing for me. I think that changed what my goals were. I think it changed what, um, uh, how people saw me as a racer. And I think it elevated my confidence to the point where it's like, Hey, I could, I can, um, I can have these, uh, I can have success outside of different areas. And I mean, I came from Florida. I never raced on indoor tracks. I traveled to California, went to the Reedy race on an indoor track. It's not like today, like where these kids and these guys travel all over the place. Um, you know, well, they have a ton of experience, uh, racing tons. Uh, I mean, I was talking to Al Horn one day and I was like, I think his kid, both of his kids, Austin and Aiden, I bet you they have more indoor 10 scale track experience than Ryan Mayfield, Ryan Cavallari and Jared Tebow. And wow. uh, they've probably only been racing a third of the time be- because they've run so much. <clears throat> they've done so much driving in the Midwest with their dad and running indoor dirt tracks um, they've just done a lot of racing and uh, there's a lot of racers out there like that, that I can think of. But back in those days, there wasn't as many, it wasn't, you didn't travel like that, like they do today uh, or like we do today. You know, there was only six large races in the year, including the worlds. And, um, you let, or if it was a regional style event, you let the regional guys in that area race it. You didn't bring in the world champion to run a regional event back then. It was like you only bring in the world champion to a world level or a national level event. Now, um, the the world champion can race. You know, he can run a Super Cup in Florida one weekend, and the next re- weekend he's running uh, the Nationals or the Worlds, and that's kind of what we're asking them to do. But, um, you know, in, in that time period, you know, I only raced outdoor tracks. I went out there to California. Um, um, it's just, you know, some kid that, um, had a cool paint job 
Yeah. Cool paint job. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I did pretty well and it just kind of changed how the associated guys saw me, the Mike Reedies, the Gene Hustings, the Cliff Letts, um, people that I raced with back home. Uh, they saw me as a different racer. And, uh, so yeah, I would say that's probably my, my best, uh, or my favorite award or the, however you phrased it, uh, the most treasuring one, I'd say. Um, I have it here. I could show it. Oh, well, please do. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, Joshua, I sent you a, a friend's request. So run to your phone and accept. Uh, oh, Jason's blowing the dust off it. Oh, okay. Look at this. Well, let's this, uh, is, uh, put this in. Uh, there you go. Put that there. 1993. Wow. Look at this. We were sponsored, you know. They had the big sponsors back then. Reedy got yep. Sanyo, RC Car Action. That's all they needed. He's like, that's it. he's like, that's all we need for sponsors. Now that's it's like you, you have like, not any back. You know, now you got twenty-seven sponsors for a race. You gotta, you know, it's presented by somebody. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, there, there's like two. Ti- there's a title sponsor, a presenting sponsor, class sponsors. Uh, you know, oh a sponsor for um, <clears throat> concourse, but yeah, this is the this is the award here. I always thought it was kind of a nice trophy. Yeah, somehow this has made it. I, I have a bunch of winter champs ones that I that I love to have, but I think they got thrown away when I moved. Uh, when I moved to California, I think my parents threw them away. But I'd love to have my winter champs ones, but unfortunately, I don't have any winter champs trophies. Um, I have all the ones I have some other ones, some worlds ones. I'm missing one worlds one. I threw it away in California when I was pissed. Oh. Wish I wouldn't have did that, oh. but I have my other two. Um, I have my, my worlds, a main trophy from, uh, Finland. And I have my world's trophy from Minreg. So I'm, I, I need to get that 97 one back. Uh, maybe I'll have, to, I'll have to text or message a driver, one of the other drivers that was in the main to see what theirs looked like. Maybe I could recreate it. Man, I can't believe that. I don't remember it being very nice. That's not what I was pissed about, but um, it wasn't a very nice <clears throat> trophy. Uh, Joshua was asking, uh, would you ever consider doing a batch of pink tools every two to three years in support of breast cancer? Um, you know, Allison had breast cancer. I think that the issue with pink is, um, well, first of all, it's, it's, you have to, you have to make a lot of tools. I think you couldn't do a line of tools. Maybe you would have one tool, like the one that I think of that would probably be really nice for that would be like the thumb wrench we have that is seven millimeter on one side and 5.5 on the other. That would be a cool, like special edition, um, uh, special edition wrench. 
And then I think it would make the most sense to do something like that. But And then try to see if you can get a nice anodized pink. Uh, yeah. I've seen some turn out nice. I've seen others not that great. But um, I think you could get a nice, if you got a nice pink anodized, it'd look good. It'd look really cool. Yeah, Rhonda's uh, engine, that pink mm-hmm. looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. That'd be a nice one. Um, so we got John checking in here. He's asking, uh, will we, will we be seeing that old style of racing regionals qualify you for nationals? Well, it, I think we talked about this on the pod already, but yeah, it's a popular thing. Yeah. Uh, well, we did that. Um, I want to say it was the 94 the 94 regionals qualified us for the 94 Roar Nationals, something like that. Or maybe it was the 93 regionals qualified you for the 94. So one of the two. Because uh, right now the Nationals qualified you for the Worlds. And and then they, they went down and they said, okay, well, let's have the regionals qualify you for the Nationals. And it was kind of a cool um, twist and a, re- a reason to run the regionals. Uh, locally I just I don't see it happening because I don't see the the Roar organization motivated or strong enough uh, to make that happen because uh, we'd have to have a functioning all regions would have to be functioning well ho- and hold a regional event capable of qualifying drivers into the nationals and I think it would only maybe work in eight scale because that's the only eight scale. That's the only nationals that sells out because right now um, the 10 scale nationals doesn't even sell out. And then, and they're not even qualified drivers. So um, I think the tough part would be to try to make people qualify for something that doesn't even sell out to begin with. Cause then you're talking about what, uh, you know, so <clears throat> I think it'd be kind of a difficult system for 10th scale. And then you have 17.5 and 13.5 you'd have to think about. And that one is how do they qualify? They got to run stock at their national, you know, at their, um, you know, how do they qualify for that? You'd have to kind of change that up a little bit. Uh, but it was really fun. It made our regionals. I remember yeah. extremely competitive. I you remember. Should, you should go to those things thinking I qualify for a national. Oh man! Um, Stupid was I. When you when you could when our regionals qualified you for the nationals and when our nationals qualified you for the worlds, it meant something. Yeah. Um, and man, it was they were intense. I I think they need to bring it back. I really do. But I guess there's a lot of. You could there's a but there's a lot of in, <clears throat> ins and outs and what have you. Isn't that from the the movie uh the big lebowski a lot of ins and outs a lot of what have you's that's a that's funny you'd like the humor in that uh but uh there's some things you'd have to do to make that work um john bolton checking in john what's up buddy um john says how do you think inflated gas prices will affect traveling to big events it probably will. Uh, it probably will eventually 
have an effect. I mean, we're going around what I'm seeing from my end. I don't, we don't, I don't drive as much to events, but I'm flying. The flights still seem to be priced pretty well, but, um, what I'm noticing is rental cars are more expensive and they're harder to get. Mm-hmm. And when you get a rental car, they used to be like kind of new. You'd get a rental car and they're fairly new vehicles, less miles. I got a minivan in uh, Connecticut this year that the front tires were bald and the sidewall had a golf ball knot in it that was just ready to pop. <laughs> Perfect. Poof. Like, and I mean, they're just giving you junk now. You know, it's like, if it's like, because they're running out of, they, I think they sold all their cars. And they, like, during COVID, they're like, oh, no one's traveling. Let's get rid of our inventory. They sold a lot oh, of their cars. Yeah, then the chip shortage. Yeah. And then they couldn't get new cars. So now they're taking what they can get. And that's why you end up with, you know, a minivan with two bald tires and a knot. Um, <laughs> Where you're like, man, that thing's going to pop. Yeah. And like, you know, um, you know, and you pick up some of these things, it's, you know, they smell like people have been drinking and smoking in there, you know, for a week. And it's, there's been some pretty ugly cars we've gotten. That's been the biggest thing. Renting cars, the price of them has been high and availability. Flights have been good. And still somewhat inexpensive. But if people are going to be driving a lot, I don't know. I mean, we've went through these high gas prices before. And I don't see people with F-350s, you know, Ford F-350s pulling a trailer. I don't see them out there with hybrids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like like people that have these fuel-inefficient vehicles and big trailers that seems like they don't slim down right away. That's for sure. It takes they either forced to years, uh, over a period of time or they just deal with it. They just pay the prices or they have the money to do it or something. But, um, when you go to these races, like they're there this weekend at AMS, I mean, there is so many big pickup trucks and trailers and, RVs and four wheelers to drive around in the pits. And it does, doesn't look like people are struggling. (laughs) It just looks like, you know, they're, um, of course there are people that do it more on a budget. You know, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but there are a lot of people that go there with a ton of equipment and it doesn't seem like it just seems like they just pay whatever the gas prices are and they just go anyway. Just deal with it. I guess what you have to figure out is what is the difference, right? Say, say the gas prices were, you know, say when they went to AMS a couple of years ago, let's just say the gas prices were $2 a gallon. And then, you know, and, it, and they spent $600 in fuel. Um, you know, is it half, you know, is it half the cost? You know, what, what is the actual, uh, yeah. difference that they're paying you know is it costing them now to go to the event 150 dollars more in fuel or is it costing them you know 450 dollars more in fuel um so but i i think that is having an it will have an impact 
uh, eventually. I just don't know if it's how long it takes to completely catch up, but uh, at the moment, there's the, the races are slamming. Uh, John saying, um, "Oh, here we go." Um, John Good says, uh, "Roar needs to step up and make this happen." I was two years old in 1994. That's two. when I won my first regionals. Good God! What was I? I was talking to talking to you earlier today. How I hate these young punks. <laughs> I'm becoming that old grumpy, grumpy man that just like sees these young punks, and I'm like, "Yeah, screw you." Yeah, you know, I wish I was 22. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that um, 94 regionals. Yep, that was the first one I won. When did uh, Roar stop doing that qualifying? Honestly, it didn't last very long. Oh, it didn't. No, from what I remember, it didn't last very long. Huh. Why. It was a big deal. Yeah, made it, it made exciting. it really competitive. Make these, yeah, I, I really think they need to bring it back. But um, I'm sure I'll have a dream about this tonight, and I'll have a lot of clarity on how it was back then. Yeah, you can tell me all about it tomorrow. Uh, John Bolton is saying Roar needs to do how M eight. AMA did Amateur Nationals dedicated spot yearly. Yeah, we've uh, talked about that before. What the Europeans do is they have an A and a B Euros. Uh, so if you you know you qualify to be in one or the other. Yeah. The goal is to be in the A Euros. That's the big the big show. And if you can't, you're in the B Euros. Uh, and you could race for that that particular title. But it is so much different because we have so many events here. I mean, we just made the calendar for 2022 and, you know, trying to tweak all it up for our events and everything else. And there's just so many events that there's just no, I don't think people would really care uh, if you made a Roar Amateur Nationals, um, they're just like, I'll just go to one of these other races and race in the sportsman or the uh, intermediate class, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Like the 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 problem that we have is there's no the goals in this are um, the the stepping stones, the goals, the um, the system of the way it all works is kind of uh, a problem where there's no real reason or motivation for somebody to run the amateur nationals because uh, they might already be sponsored or they might already be, they, they've already, they could have already accomplished all these things. And, you know, if you were to set it up properly with rankings and there's a kind of a, a, a system that takes you through the process of, of starting as entry level to expert, 
um, if there was a system to go through for that, then people would maybe see the benefit in it. But at the moment, there's no benefit for them because uh, they can just kind of race whatever they want, whenever they want, and they can get the support they want um, as out there. And there's just not a real, uh, you know, a, a real good path for people to follow um, from beginner to expert. Uh, it's not laid out, and it, it, that's a little bit frustrating, I guess. Uh, I think Scott was asking earlier about silly season, and uh, mm-hmm. since here, uh, normally this time of year, I hear a lot of the so-and-so is switching, but from the word I hear is no one's really jumping around this year. Is that true? Everybody's kind of staying put, I guess, and tied in already. The big name. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the biggest thing is most people, uh, most of the agreements out there are are already in place. There's a few that are out there. I think there'll be a little silly season. Okay. Um. I. There might be. We also might be in a time period where people are less concerned about it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. The drivers, um, you mean? Switching? Like the, the general RC-interested public. They're less interested in the the RC silly season than they used to be. Really? Um, I don't know. That Maybe that's just a... Uh, something that I picked up on or something I'm just assuming, but, uh, I could be wrong, but, um, I want, I feel like there was a time period in the heyday of the Neo buggies and the live RCs and some of these sites that publicized that and kind of made it a big deal, like who raced for who and, who's moving on and who's changing. And I think we've kind of lost some of that interest due to those, um, kind of those to journalistic, uh, hmm. people that we had at that time. We right. just don't have that anymore. Um, at that level, you know, but there are driver movements there's driver changes. And, you know, we were talking about a lot of it over the weekend at the race. We were just at, you know, amongst, kind of ourselves, um, you know, between, you know, between me and Spencer and Cavalry and Thomas and, you know, Dustin, whoever at the race, we all kind of discuss different things, but it's kind of like kept in, you know, in our group, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. what's really going to change dramatically there this year. I think a lot of people are still kind of in their current position. There's going to be some changes though. There will be. I mean, there's only a handful of guys I would really, you know, be interested in to see what they're doing, but um, I think we'll wrap it up here soon. Cause I smell dinner. <clears throat> Did you eat already, Jason? Nope. All right. Um, let me just look here real quick. 
John Bolton saying Roar needs to have a $5 membership fee to get members back. Dustin is saying, Jason, which Hall of Fame member are you most looking forward to see inducted at the Monster Truck Hall of Fame this weekend? Are you going to this, Jason? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I like going to this event. They got their own facility and own their own place now in Butler, Indiana. I thought you were going to say Butler, um, PA, home of the, the 1996 Royal yeah. Off-Road Nationals. And there's the mention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got it. In. Uh, I would say the most deserving is probably the Hall brothers. Uh, Tim and Mark Hall, I think, but the uh, Raminator team, the Dodge Ram supported uh, guys. I think those guys are probably very tops on the list. Uh, from a, a nostalgic standpoint, I like the No Problem, the John Moore, his No Problem Bronco. I thought that was always fun in the TNT days. I mean, I'd never really expected a lot of performance, but it was a cool name. It was a, it was a fun time period, 88. 89 and 1990, 91-ish, um, was fun with that. So I'm having, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the, the no problem, uh, stuff, maybe seeing some videos. Um, and so those were the three, um, who were the other two? Oh, the guy, um, Bobby Holman, um, with the beast. I think that's going to be cool. He's obviously been in it forever. Uh, he's very, he's a deserving, um, person in, in the business and he's still in it. I saw him in, uh, where in the heck were we? I was in, oh yeah, I was in, um, Louisville, Kentucky. We went to the Hot Wheels tour show and he was there doing, um, he was driving the, it's a tiger shark guy's still doing it. I mean, these people have been in this or they were in it in the eighties uh, and nineties. And some of them are still doing it today. We were talking earlier, Gotti, how people were like, um, you know, we're talking about curb your enthusiasm and people being like, you know, 60 years old. And that's what yeah. these guys are now. They're 16, 70 years old. Um, people that I watched in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, they were in their, in their thirties and forties. And, and now they're, some of these guys are 70 years old and um, it's kind of cool that they're getting recognized. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't like, um, you know, the NBA or the NFL or, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's so cool to be recognized and they have a, a hardcore base of fans that come to this hall of fame. And there's just a lot of memorabilia and things and people to see when you go and do something like this. And, um, we bring our RC stuff, of course. We got a display table. Uh, we've done a little race there in the past. Uh, this year there's no race, but we're going to have our display and we might show a couple new things. Yeah, Almond's asking how many RCs are you taking with you? I think Fred, um, Fred's driving. He just, he left the shop today to start driving there. I'm going to fly there on Friday. Um, I think we have five five vehicles we're taking because we could only take my truck this time. Paul's got the van, the van and the trailer at AMS. So we've taken my truck so we can only fit. I think we got five trucks. 
So, but they're going to be cool. They have some cool stuff uh, to show. Hopefully, one more will be added to the fray before we get there. Um, so we try to make the most of these events, whether it's one to one or RC or what. We try to make the most of it. Yeah. All right. I think we'll. Um I think I've gone through all the questions. Allman keeps throwing some stuff in there that would keep us here later, but uh, we'll touch on that. Give us a couple. I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll knock out a couple more. Carrie's going to kill you. Um, That's fine. <laughs> Nick, Nick DeVito. Nick DeVito's asking, are there any new kits you're all excited about? What's out there now? Well, anything X-Ray puts out, I'm excited about. We've been getting a lot of... Uh, Those X-Ray videos, dude, you got to admit, they're amazing. Oh, they, they are. Um, you all pumped up, man, for these cars. Like, I'm all jacked up. <laughs> and I don't even buy them, but I'm like, I watch these videos and I send them to you. I'm like, dude, check this out, man. It's like awesome. Then I shoot holes on everything. Ah, boop, you know. boop, boop. I, I love it. Yeah. It just depends. Uh, new kits. New kits. I bought I bought an Element RC, their Night Runner. I bought that at Beachline a couple weeks ago. Um, so they have a new one we, out called the Night Runner? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a scale truck. And yeah. I got that. It's pretty neat. Recently ordered the... Um, a monster Arma Creighton truck came in the box. I mean, the box was... I gotta take a picture of this box next to, like, a a buggy box, just to give you an idea. But I think it's fifth scale. Do they call it fifth scale? Hmm. Or is it sixth scale? One or the other. That thing's amazing. The It's an Arma Creighton, but it's, you know, it's like fifth or sixth scale. Then the other thing we got that was really neat was we got the new Axial SCX-6, which is the six-scale version of their scale rock crawler. It's a kind of cheap body on it. That thing is impressive. That We haven't driven it yet, but we've been working on it and playing with it. And um, it looks better in real life than it does in the photos. Wow. Can't say the same about me. Um I bought something on eBay the other day too, and Almond will like this. Uh, Almond's um, saying, "Gotti, camera camera light is looking good on you. Background is spot on. Equipment is looking good. Well, thank you. It's hard to make <laughs> this look good. I can't imagine. I apologize for you guys that watch us that get to stare at this face, but uh, but thank you, Almond. Appreciate that. I bought on eBay a new in box stealth transmission with the with the cellophane wrap. Is that what they call it? cellophane wrap yeah, or the yeah. the wrap it, it was heat shrink i mean yeah I, it was actually heat shrink um because i ran stuff through there when i was at associated but <laughs> um so you'd put the big you'd put the clear heat shrink over the box and then you'd run it through a thing that would heat it and seal it to the box but anyway um so to me it was like big heat shrink yeah but um I got this stealth transmission. I'm super excited about it. Um, sealed. Yeah, sealed. Uh, new in the box. Uh, looks Jason amazing. Santos just passed out. 
Yeah. <laughs> back in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let me check back in. Wow. Uh, yeah. And something. I got the, that was, I'm pretty pumped about that piece. I'm working on some more vintage stuff. I've been working on a few things there. Um, yeah, but I think those are the, probably the three or four kits I've been excited about. Those, uh, the one Arma, the one Axial, the Associated Element. Uh, they haven't released any race kit recently. Yeah, uh, how long? Well, uh, TLR how long? or Associated hasn't, yeah. so something's got to be coming soon from one of them. 2022, you got to do something then. Yeah, you would think. Hmm. There's something else I was thinking of, but I can't remember right now. As far as kits go. I've been kind of on a vintage kick again lately. I kind of, I was designing some vintage stuff the other day. I've been talking about it a bunch with my buddy Brad. Kind of on a vintage kick. I kind of like, I kind of like going peaks and valleys. I'm sure I'll be working on something with Jason. I'm working on something with Scott Foy already. Um, I posted a thing about Jay Halsey's truck today. Um, him winning the winter champs in 92. I'm trying to find that body, the Lambo. Trying to find the Lambo. Oh, wow. That'd be cool, huh? Damn. Yep. So I'm on a vintage kick. Yeah, I get in those moods for like gaming. I'll buy old games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't really know what spurs it on. Like all of a sudden something happens and then you're just like, oh, I'm all into this for a yeah, little while. And then, absolutely. you know, and then like for me, that's RC cars, but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, we're always working on 10-scale racing. We're always working on 8-scale racing. We're always, um, you know, those are the two mainstays. And then we're, we all, you know, late recently we got something in drag racing in the queue, monster truck in the queue, and vintage in the queue. So um, we try to feed those segments. Those are our favorite, are the ones that have been good to us. So um, I, I give myself a few passion projects every year, which was what I call ones that don't necessarily you do uh, that people would advise you to do, <laughs> but you do it because <laughs> you like it. So right. I kind of allow myself a couple of those every year. Um, so, and those are fun. <clears throat> Uh, Nick is asking, when is Chris Bing coming back on? Um, I'm going to say as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to match up the schedule. So, um, definitely want to get him on because it's been, uh, 25 years. 96 Nats. But Chris has agreed to come on. We just got to match everything up. Um, Allman, he's just quick-witted. He's got some funny stuff. Um, he says, well, I'm glad you're passionate about your lower volume passion projects. See what mm-hmm. he did there? Yeah. Um, saw one more here, but uh, I don't know where it went. I think that's it. I think we're good. Let's look at the schedule here, Jason. 
talk to me about where we're going next. Well, and, uh, well, we just came back from trackside. Right. You're supposed to give me some crap about getting third, but we'll go to the next race. Yeah, somebody messaged me and um, said you got to give Jason crap about finishing Super third. Cup Championship Series that happened the same weekend down at SS. So um, that was down at Setzer's track. They had a good Super Cup down there. Alabama Manufacturer Shootout, that's happening this weekend. That's where... Um, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, so that's what's happening right now. AMS. We got that's going to be a big one. Different, a little different format. A lot of competition. And then uh, JC Winter Indoor Shootout. That's uh, also going on in Fast Lane. In uh, it's Blue Springs, Missouri is is where that is. Oh, look at that! We got Uh, the Monster Truck Hall of Fame in there. Yep, so the International Monster Truck Hall of Fame will be there. Um, and then the weekend after that, the Florida Carpet Championships, which everybody and their brothers come into that. Really? Um, yeah, we got Europeans, uh, International Flair. We got uh, – it's stacked. That's going to be a stacked race. Uh, usually the most – usually the people love watching the most stacked races, but those are usually the ones that are the most pain in the butt. Hmm. Um, you know, like going to, you know, these races to race as a racer or, uh, like going to Minnesota, like when I went to our, our race there, just going to the team associated race, having the masters of dirt, they, they, those are really cool races because you got a nice mix of people in attendance. But when you load a race with 25 or so pro guys, I don't know it'd be that many, but um, like this carpet race is going to be, things get intense. Um, usually it's kind of like, there's like this back and forth thing where it's like, like the, the more, uh, the more world level the event gets, the fun level goes down. Oh. <laughs> it's weird. Like the, when the, when the, the competition is its highest, the fun's kind of down. But when the there's this balance of competitiveness and uh, event style, those are usually the most <laughs> fun events. I didn't explain it very well, but um, and we can't get into detail. But what was after that? After the Florida Carpet Champs was. Um, Super Cup Another Series. Su- yeah, Super Cup back at uh, Coral Springs. And December then 3rd through the 4th. And then December 10th through the 12th, we got the Team Associated Top Gun mm-hmm. race. And honestly, what's going on there, That uh, there's another one that's not mentioned here, but the Fall Brawl in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's the a Fall big, Brawl! That's, an, uh, that's a killer race, too. Yeah, Hannah made this little map here. I kind of gave her the dates, and she, yeah. um, you know, she uh, she wanted to make this little map of where we're all at. She she really likes the idea of kind of visually seeing where the events are on the map, and then seeing. And I, I, I yeah, think I it like turns it. out really nice. Yeah, 
I like it. it I, like, turns I like to use it for my background tower. So tower, you know, just keep doing them. Yeah, I think it works out nice. Uh, we got a, we pretty much got our calendar laid out for 22, so we should start being able to put together a, a January one. Oof. Damn. All right. Almond saying, you gentlemen, have a great damn week and then some. And uh, I saw that photo of you at the Endless Summer Classic, Almond, from, uh, what was that? Did you say it was 90, in the 90s, or was that early 2000s? And then so was Endless Summer, and then recently you were having a little comparison photo. I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Almond got me a nice wing, RC-10 wing, autographed by... A lot of legends. Cliff Ledge. Jay Halsey? I think so. I think so. It's in the other room. Um, Almond saying that was early 2000s. Okay. I did some of the 90s Endless Summer Classics at Eminem. I think I did some of the first ones. RC Kevin was on that three-hour drive. He says, thanks for keeping me company. All right, Kevin. No problem. We're, we're 2.30 in. We're a half hour short, though, Kevin. <laughs> we'll have to get him in on the show one day because yeah. he does a bunch of podcasting and live streams. And he's yeah. totally up to speed. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, oh, that's right. Allman finally met bk at that time getting that wing signed for me it was a top gun race so that would have been yeah that's that's San awesome. Diego. awesome appreciate that um well we're trying to get to three hours kevin for you kevin's like i thought you guys were done <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up. So uh, you're heading out to the Monster Truck Hall of Fame, which yep, and man, that that's quick. That's a quick year. Just seems like yesterday you were there. <laughs> um, and then uh, you'll be back home. Yep, then we'll be doing the carpet, the Florida Carpet Champs next yep. week. That's going to be huge. So I think the thing to stay tuned for. Um, this week is you got to check out AMS. That's going to be amazing. Hannah's there. Paul Lee, Mayfield, Spencer, oh, Dakota. All right, everybody's there. Um, we'll have a uh, good out. coverage. Good coverage there. Fred and I will be at the Monster Truck Hall of Fame um, doing our thing there, and uh, we have some new products to show or show off. Um, we got Chili Duncan. He's going to be at the race for us doing that. Uh, the J Concepts race chilly, chilly, chilly. in Blue Springs, Missouri. There, he's going to be uh, helping us out at that race, doing some coverage. So, we got some stuff going on. Will Britton says he's cutting down a new body for his gas truck. He's heading out to Shaw's in Oklahoma. He's so hooked on gas trucks right now. He can't. He can't think of nothing else. <laughs> I mean, I think even if another Tiger King came out, he couldn't concentrate on that he'd be oh. still gas trucking it yeah which it is season two right? it is yeah, season two yeah. Came out, yeah. they couldn't resist it was too successful but yeah you know what 
Bring it on. Was it light, lightning doesn't strike twice, twice in the same place or something like that? Yeah. All right. I'm going to head out, get some grub, watch some Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay. What you got to do. We're done with Billions. Now we're over on go- watching Goliath. How many uh, episodes was Billions? I think it was four, five seasons. Is this I a think. mafia story? No. It's uh, about... Okay, well. uh, yeah. Not interested. Thank you. Uh, Nolman says, just one more thing. Just kidding. Doing the Columbo thing there. Columbo. You do need to watch I Columbo. know. I know. We'll talk, Allison. At least it. just want, watch the one episode that I recommend. I'll have to send you the uh, link again. So, but you, you definitely know. Just one more thing, Jason. All right, everybody out there racing. Good luck this weekend. Jason, have fun at the uh, Hall of Fame. Thanks. Watch us online. Check out those that coverage on Facebook. Of the Hall of Fame? We'll have some coverage on there for photos. and. So you're going to be racing stuff. too? Like going through the, you know? No, we'll, we'll just have a display and showing some new stuff. And the race coverage will be from the AMS. And, um, oh, yeah. and then the event Chili's at the J Concepts Indoor Shootout in- Invitational. Nice. Okay. All right. That was. Oh, uh... and just one more thing. <laughs> you got me there. Oh, just one more thing. <clears throat> and Almond's reminding everybody to check your transmitter batteries before you get onto the driver's stand. Okay. Good point. That that has happened to me in the past. And help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. <laughs> <laughs>